0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: Yes, it is. Rolling along, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, guests on the Goodyear Hotline, time in this hour for your grievances. We're going to air grievances today. The hashtag crew will air theirs. I have a feeling Nuno's will be big blue, Um, and then we will get a chance for yours. And if you're just joining us, Hembo has brought into our studio, you can see it on uh, ESPN+. Has brought in the big uh, dish of candy. It's not really a dish. What is this called? It's like a big. uh, Tub? It's like a a tub of candy that he has been taking from. And when I see how small it is, I haven't even noticed it because I'm not a candy person. Mm -hmm. When I see how small it is, the fact that you have taken 10 pieces of candy Mm -hmm. and a workplace this large, we Mm -hmm. have so many people. Candy,
2: you're just a disgrace. That is a disgraceful act. That is not caring about your fellow workers. So, what bothers you more—the f- the fact that I have eaten ten Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, or the fact that I cleaned them out and now no one has a chance to have? Yeah, there, any are of those. No more. there are no more. There
1: are no more. You've taken the most popular one. What's the most popular one? That's a whole separate question, Bubba. What is? When there's a big tub of candy like this, and I'll just I'll just announce for you here what we've got. We got some Hershey's. We got big Hershey's plain milk chocolate. We got little mini Milky Ways. We got some little mini Three Musketeers. We got some little Twix. I got some little Snickers in here, Snickers Minis. Um, That appears to me to be right now all that we have because there are no more Reese's. (laughs) There's a three musketeers I see. There's not one in left? There.
0: Yeah, I'd say either the mini Snickers are probably the highlight or the the Reese's would be the main one that are now gone, which is just unbelievable. Disgraceful. That no, literally not a single person in the seaport could come in and have one.
1: That's correct. And you took 10. They
0: can't have one because you,
1: Hembo, had 10 of the same candy. I'm in pain. Not, not only that, I would suggest mm. that you took the only 10. I mean, right now there are zero. <laughs> we know that you took 10. I don't know with certainty that anyone else had any. And I got here before anyone else this morning. So I think it is possible that Hembo has eaten all of the Reese's. I think an investigation should be performed on this. And I think there should be consequences if indeed that does turn out to be the case. All right, let's get to business. Greenies Takes. Let me give a very quick take here before I get back to the NFL. Tonight is the first college football playoff rankings, and I think they're going to be very interesting. There's a lot of stuff to watch. I had Heather and Paul on TV talking about it this morning. I will give you mine. To me, if I were ranking the teams tonight, I would have Georgia number one. I would have Michigan State number two. I would have Cincinnati number three. And I would have Alabama number four. Now, the, 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 the metric that I'm the most concerned about is strength of record. I've never in my life, believed that this stuff should be determined by people's opinion. I've never liked that. I don't now. I don't like it in basketball. I don't like it in football. These things should be based upon some data, something you accomplished. So the strength of record metric would have Georgia 1, Michigan State 2, so I'm good there, Oklahoma 3, Alabama 4, followed by Wake Forest and Cincinnati. That's interesting to me
2: Mm.
1: because Oklahoma's. does that take into account how easily they win these games because Oklahoma was getting killed in that game against Texas. And they've also been underwhelming in some of their other wins, which I have been factoring into my thinking here, but strength of record, I guess just measures the teams you've beaten and the, the the teams they've played and beaten, right? Mm -hmm. That's all it is. That's right. The game control is a different stat.
2: That's right. So what strength of record is, is the likelihood that an average top 25 team would have that record against that schedule. And for Michigan State, that number is 19%. That's why they're number two in the country. For Oklahoma, the number is 26%. They're number three.
1: All right. So that's what that would have. They would go Georgia, Michigan State, Oklahoma, Alabama. Everyone wants to wait and see where Cincinnati winds up, including me. So we'll find out what winds up happening. But that would be my pick. I would put Michigan State at number two, and I hope that's where they wind up tonight. I'm sorry, what? 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 I'm sorry, What,
3: what? I'm sorry, what?
4: I'm sorry,
1: what? All right, every morning at this time, we bring you I'm sorry, what? Which is interesting people saying interesting things. Let's start with Monday Night Football last night. Daniel Jones, after the game, talking about how the Giants lack consistency.
0: Mistakes we made, uh, decisions. I think the turnover was a big deal. I think, um, you know, third down, executing and, and, you know, keeping drives going um, and and just being more consistent with with that execution. I think uh, we did some good things. Um, here and there, but ultimately not enough and and not consistent enough.
1: Judge last night, 222 yards passing through a a terrible interception at the Mm. beginning of the game when they just had a little momentum early. Well, Nuno, go ahead. I'll give you the thought on that because you know they pick off Mahomes in the end zone. Mahomes absolutely has to lead the league in balls that go off someone's helmet and fly straight up into the air, (laughs) which that one does after he moved them right down the field against the Giant defense. And then two plays later... Jones throws a crippling interception, and the defense is right back on the field. Nuno, give me a little uh, window into what it looked like in your house when that happened.
3: Just despair, distraught, like whatever, anguish, anger, because the Chiefs should have scored anyway, and you got a gift, and then you lock in on a receiver, and You make that pass, and you're just like, "What are we doing?" It's going to be one of those games where I thought they were going to get blown out. I was that this game says more about the Chiefs and the fact that they have a lot of issues that they weren't able to blow out this giant team.
1: I had this one right. I gave you the Giants plus the ten and a half yesterday Mm -hmm. as a lock. Um, Because the Giants, I see. I don't agree that they're a laughing stock because they do play people tough. Like I've seen thoroughly non-competitive games. How many games this year, Nuno, were there that would have been just as competitive if they had not bothered to play? Like how many games did the Giants not compete at all in this year? I'm trying to th- think the, back through their games.
3: The Rams game. And yeah, then, the Rams game
1: was it was a, humi- a, a thorough humiliation. And That's then.
3: Right. And I give him a pass on the Cowboy game because Daniel Jones got hurt. Saquon got hurt. So at that point, you know, you weren't expecting anything They were playing
1: that game pretty tough. Correct. that, That was not that game. The Bronco game got away from them at the end. The Atlanta game is a terrible loss, yeah. but I guess you'd have to say they competed. <laughs> um, so that's my point. Like, they fight. Like, there were games, uh, just to use my theory, the Jets have played where they literally would have made no difference if they'd not been there. <laughs> the game would have been no less competitive had they not been there at all. So I think the Giants have fought, but whatever it is. Uh, I also have a little John Stewart. This is a good job by Nuno who puts these together. John Stewart's on with Peyton and Eli last night. John Stewart is from New Jersey, and he's a Giant fan. And he asked Eli about the Giants' offensive line.
4: What exactly are they built for, Eli? Because I don't think it's (laughs) What? (laughs) What are they... Other than like a
1: buffet at Golden Corral, what are they built for? He's in a very difficult position. That's very good. That's that's very good. Listen to Eli. Like I you know, the fact that they picked and choose their games, the fact that they chose to do a giant game mm-hmm. is fascinating. Yeah. And we had Eli on this show last week and I asked him about it, because it does. I mean, that you know, these are guys he played with and guys he liked, and it does. It puts, you know, if you're gonna do it, you gotta do it a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not asking them to throw these guys under the bus and fire everyone. But you got to do it a little bit. So that's very funny there from John Stewart. OK, um, the next one I have is Robert Sala, who was on the Michael K show yesterday. And I'm glad Michael followed up on this. We talked about it here like crazy. The first comment that Robert Sala made after the game on Sunday when Mike White played the greatest game ever, when he was asked when Zach is healthy again, is he unquestionably your starter? His response was anything is possible. And that is leaving the door wide open. So yesterday, Salah is asked on Michael's show, why hasn't he just said Wilson is the quarterback when he's healthy? Here's the response. Well,
4: guys, it's like, um, uh, I mean, what you, <laughs> it's a good one, right? Like, I, I've, I've, uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm the, the biggest angel in the world, but I, I do like to think that I'll never make a promise I can't keep. And if, if the guy is out there performing at a ridiculously high level, how, how do you not entertain anything? Right. And so that's why I said anything is possible. You got to let the day play out. What happened on uh, Sunday was awesome, but the focus is today and and trying to get ready for a quick turnaround on Thursday. And let's just go play that game rather than play all these different hypotheticals. Let's just play the moment, and um, because it, anything can happen, and it's uh, and it's not to open up Pandora's box. It's not to do anything like that. It's just. I can't I'm not gonna make a promise that I can't keep
1: okay 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 so so part of being a head coach is making promises you can't keep let's be clear I'm a fan I've been lied to all my life as a fan and I want you to lie to me so when you say it's not opening Pandora's box you're wrong it is it is opening Pandora's box do you know how you close Pandora's box by saying Zach is our quarterback Zach Wilson is our quarterback He brought him here to be our quarterback. When he's healthy, he will be our quarterback. And if Mike White continues to play like this and you want to keep him out on the field, you know what you do? You change your mind. And you know what the rest of us do? We live with that. And we do not say, you know, he made me a promise that he didn't keep. You're not running for office. (laughs) You're a football coach. So I'm not mad at him. He just seems like such a nice person that he doesn't want to lie to me. I want you to lie to me, coach. I want you to tell me things that are not true because they don't let this turn into a problem. Because now, if he plays, God, obviously I'm rooting for Mike White to play well Thursday night. Obviously I'm rooting for the Jets to win. But the immediate thing that happens is, well, coach, did that satisfy the criteria of anything could happen? And he continues to play. And is he your quarterback now? And what does that mean for Zach? And you know who gets asked that? Every single player on the team, including Zach. So that would be my one piece of unsolicited advice for a coach who I'd like, and, and 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 I just think he's a little bit too nice of a person in this particular instance. Lie to me. Tell me something that isn't true. I'll live with that. We all live with it as football coaches. Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick. Is Bill Belichick th- sitting there ever saying, you know, I, I don't want to make a, a promise I can't keep. I mean, just... Don't make a promise. Just say, no, Zach's our quarterback, which happens to be true. As of this moment, if Zach Wilson was healthy, he'd be playing Thursday, right? So it's not even lying. It's true. Zach Wilson's our quarterback. And I I, would have liked that. Greeny, the podcast. I got a million things I want to get into here. We're going to air the grievances coming up at the end of this hour. Your chance to call in and air your grievances. I will tell you when to call. Don't call just yet. It's going to be a few minutes. I don't want you sitting on hold for too long. I had one more sound, bite I wanted you to hear because this is a little stunning. This is Marcus Smart of the Boston Celtics. You may be thinking, why do I want to hear from Marcus Smart of the Boston Celtics? Well, that team has been losing. And they have two stars. I mean, real legitimate superstars in Jason Tatum and um, uh, Jalen Brown and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. After their game last night, I think called those guys out. Listen to this. I mean, it's
3: only so much I can do without the ball in my hands. I just sit and stand in the corner. Uh, when we run in plays for our best players. Every team knows that we, you know, and uh, they do a good job of shutting that down. And you know, we we can't allow that. I mean, I would just like to play basketball. You know, every team knows we're trying to go to Jason and Jalen. And every team is programmed and studied to stop Jason and Jalen. And, you know, I think everybody's scouting reporters make those guys try to pass the ball. They don't want to pass the ball. And that's something that they're going to learn. They're still learning.
1: Wow. So everyone is saying to them they got to pass the ball. And he's saying they don't want to pass the ball. That's Marcus Smart after a game the Celtics were winning last night and wound up getting beaten by two touchdowns by a good Bulls team. So I just thought that was really interesting. I've been texting back and forth with Stephen A. and Michael and Jalen. We're definitely going to do something on it Mm. tomorrow night for NBA Countdown. It's just you don't hear that particularly often.
2: Let me ask you a question. You just said that you wanted your coach, Robert Sala, to lie to you. Right. That's how he feels. Would you rather him say that or lie to you?
1: No, he should say that to them. He shouldn't say that to us. Like, I don't know what good comes from him saying those guys don't want to pass the ball. Mm-hmm. Like what benefit to the team is coming from that? Unless unless he feels that like putting some sort of public pressure on them as a team mm-hmm. leader. But if I'm him, I'm not doing that unless the new coach, If a brand new coach there, unless the coach okays it. If the coach comes to him as a team leader and says, hey, I want you to put public pressure. Like I would check that with the coach mm-hmm. before I just kind of went out on my own. And freelanced, you know, into saying, hey, the two stars of our team don't pass the ball <laughs> like that could create some problems. Don't you think? Definitely. So but there
2: you have it. Sometimes we want our athletes to be honest. Sometimes we don't. It's- no.
1: As a reporter, mm-hmm. I want my athletes to be honest because it's great for my talk show. Right. As a fan, lie to me.
2: <laughs> don't tell
1: me anything. Derek Jeter made a career. How many years did Jeter play for the Yankees? 20, 19, whatever it was. However many years he played. How many times did he ever tell the truth? How many times did Derek Jeter ever tell the truth about anything when asked during his career? How many?
2: None. How no, did that no, work out? None that I recall. Right? Quite well. He was a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, he sure was. For a
1: reason. And, and he never played on a losing team. And yeah. I think he played a total of three games in which his team was not in the playoff chase.
2: Yeah, one of them he hit a, hit a walk-off single. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, like, like, like,
1: that's the model. Like, Jeter was a success for a reason. He didn't create additional headaches for himself.
2: So you don't believe ever in using the media as a belly club for your teammates if you feel it could be a strategic thing for so you? So
1: long as everyone's kind of on, on board with it, uh-huh. But I don't believe in just freelancingly telling the truth because it might get you somewhere. Look, the bottom line of it is this. I tell my kids this all the time. Life is hard. Hard. Life is going to present challenges for you all the time. Don't make it harder. The last thing you should ever do is make life harder on yourself. This whole idea of, you know, take the hard way, all that kind of. I'm not suggesting you should cut corners in life or anything like that. But generally speaking, if there's an easy path to something and a hard path to something, take the easy path. There are going to be any number of times in your life when the hard path is going to be the only option. Don't take the road less traveled. That's not, that's not being tough. That's not being brave. That's being stupid. So don't tell me the truth. If a lie is better, if I'm a sports fan, it just doesn't make any sense to me. All right, you should tune into the ESPN Daily podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters. It's presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily, available wherever you enjoy your podcast. All right, so Nuno brought up a really good question. Do you know what today is the anniversary of? Hmm. Five years ago today, this happened. And the next pitch to Martinez, a swing and a slow chopper to Ward third. Here comes Bryant, on to first, and the Cubs have won the World
4: Series. A
0: moment that many thought might never happen has happened here in Cleveland. For the first time in 108 years, the Chicago Cubs are World Series champions.
1: Uh, The only time those words have been spoken in the last 113 years was that night by Dan Shulman right here on ESPN Radio. And with that anniversary in mind, Nuno brought up a really interesting question. And I'm going to make this the question of the day. You ask these questions. Greenies question of the day. We look back on those teams now and we say, how in the world did they only win one championship? Mm. They were so good. They were so young. They seemed to be so set up. And here we are five years later. They're all gone and they won one title. Nuno brings up the question. Will we someday talk about these Kansas City Chiefs like that? Five years from now, will we be saying, remember how good that team was? They had a young Mahomes, they had Hill, and they had Kelsey, and they had all these guys. How did they only win one championship? Is that going to be the legacy of this group of Kansas City Chiefs? Nuno, you asked the question, so I'll let you be the first to answer it. Will we look back on the Chiefs that way someday?
3: Yes, I think we will look at it as – a disappointment because we've all had high hopes right what is the conversation after they won that first one uh, a year after making the uh, AFC championship game how many is he Mahomes going to win right. um, and so forth like we were talking about is he gonna pass uh, Brady and so forth now we're talking about are they even gonna make the playoffs two years rem- you know a year removed from back-to-back Super Bowl appearances so I feel like yes Are they headed that way? And I think they are.
1: Part and parcel of your answer, obviously, is you're saying they're only going to win that one. They're not going to win anymore. Now, Mahomes is going to be there an awful long time. They'll have time to break this down and rebuild a whole other team around him. But this group, this era, the Andy Reid, Hill, and Kelsey, and all these guys' Chiefs, you're saying they're going to wind up only winning one. Bubba, agree or disagree? I would agree, yeah. I I think their time has come. See you, Chiefs. Uh, He he thinks it's... uh, Embo, what does the the numbers say about this? I
2: don't think that the Chiefs will win another championship with this iteration. And I think their decline underscores how extraordinary it was that Belichick and Brady built a dynasty in New England and did it for as long as they can. The secret of of all this is that Mahomes, during during that three-year run... Counted $15 million against the cap. It is nearly impossible to sustain sa- success in the NFL with the salary cap. The-, the Chiefs are just the latest example of that team. I think it underscores just how inc- incredible that 20-year stretch was for New England.
1: Yeah, I- I'm with that. And, and again, Brady, uh, part of that by taking less money mm-hmm. routinely. And we will see. Uh, all right, so I'm going to throw up on the phones right now. Time for the grievances. The tradition of Festivus begins... With the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> now, you're going to hear about it. All right, so as you call right now at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 your chance to wear your grievances, and the hashtag crew will each air theirs as well. Greenie, the
4: podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple.
1: All right, uh, Greeny with you here um, on ESPN Radio. Going to come to your calls in a second, but we have what I think is a pretty big story here. Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide, and you can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299, no contract. All on America's best network, Straight Talk Wireless, 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Now. Let me run you through this. Today is the NFL trade deadline. It is, as I speak right now, four hours and 20 minutes away. Earlier, uh, while we were on the air here, so in the last hour, Diana Rossini reported that the Cleveland Browns have no intention of trading Odell Beckham Jr., that they have had no offers that make sense to them. So that happened a little bit earlier. Just a few moments ago, I got a story sent to me from our assignment desk. And Hembo, you helped me figure this out because we've been looking at it. Mm -hmm. Odell Beckham Jr.'s father, hence Odell Beckham Sr., posted on Instagram an 11-minute video that someone else had created and put on YouTube that shows all the times that Odell is open and Baker Mayfield either misses him or doesn't throw to him. It is an 11-minute video which is designed exclusively to make Odell look good and Baker Mayfield look bad. That's what it's for. Odell's father posted it on Instagram and then commented in his own post with three green check marks in the comment section to a comment that said either hating on Odell or he just doesn't want him shining. So we have Odell Beckham's father. Uh, how would you describe this? I mean, taking out a white glove and slapping Be- Baker Mayfield across the face. I, that's a ridiculous way of putting it, but like, what <laughs> right? have I described the situation accurately? Is there anything I'm missing?
2: This was a video posted on YouTube one week ago by a user named Jay Daddy Productions. He has 163 subscribers, and what it is, like you said. 11 minutes long, weeks three through six, in which he analyzes every time Odell was open against those opponents and did not get the ball. Odell Beckham's father, like you said, essentially reposted it in full uh, on his Instagram page hours before the trade deadline.
1: And um, it is it looks bad. Like I didn't get to watch 11 minutes of it during the break, mm-hmm. but it does. It shows some plays where Odell is wide open and doesn't get the ball. And it shows some other plays where he is open and the ball is inaccurate. It, just some bad throws. Mm-hmm. So let me add Nuno and, and and Bubba, real quick, I know you're you're screening the calls and everything. We're going to get to the grievances in a minute. But how should we assess this? There's four hours and 20 minutes until the trade deadline. Diana's reporting they're not going to trade him. What do you think of this thing, Bubba? Well,
0: I guess Senior's are doing everything he possibly can to get out of there. I don't I don't see how the Browns can keep him, I guess, at this point, right? I mean, how can he go back in there?
1: So, I'm, I am i do mean, This is his dad. Again, it's not Odell himself who posted this, and we have sure. had family members, you know, create issues like this, but he's certainly going to have to talk about it now. Yeah. And Baker is going to have to talk about it, and the coach is going to have to talk about it. I mean, it's
0: an unnecessary distraction.
1: It, it's an enormous distraction for a team fighting desperately to keep its season so,
0: alive. Yeah, do they, do they even just give him away now for even less? And like we were saying before, it was like a third round pick. Is it even less now? I mean, I, I feel like. He might even got his way out of Cleveland now because of this video. I could see it happening.
1: Refresh my memory, Nuno, as a Giant fan. What exactly did – when he said whatever it is he said about Eli, was it with like this. It was. It was it, Jocena. Remind, refresh mm-hmm. me exactly what a, he said.
3: It was a sit-down with Jocena and Little Wayne I that the Giants, if I'm not mistaken, acted like they didn't know what was happening. And obviously there was some kind of shots at Eli. But it's funny because I saw a post last week that, you know, We talk about Odell extending Eli's career, but maybe it was the other way around where, you know, like Eli, like these guys that have left Eli haven't been great. And, yes, he's had injuries, but they haven't done anything. It was the him or Steve Smith or, or Hakeem Nix, all these guys that left the Giants after having great years with Eli, they haven't; been, they were never the same. Well, Eli Manning was an
1: excellent quarterback. The people who try to tear him down all the time because he's a Manning or because they didn't like the way he got out of San Diego or whatever it is, he was an excellent quarterback. To me, that's indisputable. So let's put that aside for a minute. The point is, this is a habit now, right? This is once is a, uh, well, whatever it is, you know, fool me once. I never get these expressions right. But you know what I'm trying to say? Shame on you. He had an issue with Eli, who was the number one pick in the draft. Mm -hmm. And now he's got an issue with Baker, who was the number one pick in the draft. Let me
2: ask you a question. Earlier today, I asked you about Justin Fields having his best game without Matt Nagy. And you said you don't believe in coincidences. Right. This is the day of the trade deadline. This video was posted a week ago. And this is Odell Beckham's father reposting it. Is this a coincidence?
1: Was that a joke?
2: <laughs> of course it's not a coincidence. I'm saying, is this coming from Odell Jr.?
1: No, no. Well, let's put it this way.
2: Did you run this by him first? It would be
1: very hard to believe. Look, I don't know anything about their relationship. I don't know that I should speculate on that. It, it, it seems difficult to picture that a player's dad would just post that and that the player himself would have no idea it was coming. Like if Odell is just scrolling through Instagram and saying, oh, I wonder what my dad just put up here, and then looking at this and like calling him and be like, Dad, what are you doing? I mean, I find that tough to imagine. So do I. It's not impossible, I suppose. So I'm not going to speculate on that. But I certainly do not think it is a coincidence that it goes up today. So we'll see if anything comes of this. So anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt the grievances, but that felt important to me. That feels like a big deal. And does it mean, A, they wind up trading him today? B, does it mean that, that if he's not traded today, th- this creates an even greater disruption mm-hmm. within a team that already feels a little bit fractured. The two of them just don't have chemistry. Look, I've said this a million times. Chemistry is an, is a difficult quality to predict. But when people say it's not definable, I totally disagree. I totally disagree. All right. So I'm looking at Hembo. If Hembo and I, let's just say we're doing a talk show, but all these things, whatever it might be, in, in any relationship you have in your life, like a quarterback and a receiver, I can define chemistry for you like that. If Hembo and I have no chemistry and we are working together, then what we are is Greeny plus Hembo. We are whatever I bring plus whatever you bring. If we have chemistry, then what we are is Greeny times Hembo. It is multiplied I make you better than you would otherwise be, and you do the same for me. We are greater than the sum of our parts. That's actually where the expression, if it isn't where the expression comes from, it should be. So Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham do not have it. That is not a criticism of either of them. It doesn't make Baker a bad quarterback, and it certainly doesn't make Odell a bad receiver. But they don't have chemistry. And the definition of insanity is continuing to do the same thing over and over and over again and hoping that you'll get a different result. So I think we've seen enough to know that's not gonna work. Whether trading him today is their best option or not, I don't know. But I think we now know as of his father's post, that's what Odell would like. So let's see if anything changes. That felt like important uh, information for us to pass along. Now it is time to get to the grievances. Here we go. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people now. You're going to hear about it. Your chance to be a part of Greenie Nation, the Dr. Pepper call-in line, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. College football's heating up. Fans are hyped. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Bubba, who's first? First up, we have Dustin. All right, Dustin, you're on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Air your grievance. Hey, Greeny. So,
3: my grievance is regarding the Chiefs. The past few years when they've been killing it, everybody's been calling it the greatest team ever. Now oh, this year we get off to a rough start in there by saying they're done and Mahomes has lost it. But nobody's talking about how brutal their schedule has been this year.
1: How brutal their schedule that? has been this year. Their th- three of their four wins have been against the Eagles, Washington, and the Giants, and the other one was Cleveland. They haven't beaten a team with a winning record. How brutal has their schedule been?
3: Dustin? This is the Ravens. Like, all to start the year, the Chargers, I mean, yeah, we lost a couple of The years. Chargers just yeah. lost and to New games England. Games we used to
1: win. Well, look, you're, you're more than entitled to your grievance. I, I shouldn't have jumped you because I, I believe everyone has the right. I like you calling into the show, and I like you airing your grievance. And if I'm a fan of that team, I feel the same way. But I think you're making excuses for something that's not excusable. That's my opinion. They're not not playing well because their schedule has been so
2: tough. We have them as having played the number 14 schedule in the NFL, so that's not a good enough Right reason. down the middle. right? right. I mean, that yep. is
1: basically right in the middle League of the average. NFL. NFL. Mm -hmm. Bubba, who's next? Next up, we have David. All right, David, you're on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Air your grievance.
2: Greedy,
0: about uh, six months ago or so, I called up and I asked you a very simple question. Can Tua make it as a quarterback for Miami? Uh, I'm not exactly sure how much of it is Tua's fault, but last year, we were one game away from the playoffs. This year, we have one win. Do we just dismantle this team? Do we get rid of the coach, which I don't believe in? What's going on? There's my grievance. What's going
1: on with the Dolphins? I think there's every reason, if you're a Dolphin fan, to feel aggrieved. Thank you for the call, David. I couldn't hear everything they said that clearly, but I got the point, which is where they were last year, it felt like they were moving in such a positive direction. They were the team that broke everything down, tanking, whatever you want to call it, seemed to put together a nice roster with a good defense, got to a, felt like things were going in a positive direction, and now they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. It's just that simple. So I understand if you're a Dolphin fan today, you are feeling particularly aggrieved. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? We've got BJ. All right, BJ, go ahead and air your grievance. Yes, uh, Chicago Bears fan here. Um, We finally got a quarterback and a decent defense. Of course, we lose my boy from Okie State that was supposed to be protecting him. But can we get rid of coach and GM and half of the offense and restart? I think that's about right. Thank you for the call. I think that's about what is going to happen. The offensive lineman he's talking about is a kid named Tevin Jenkins, who I loved coming out in the draft. He's a right tackle. And I thought he was going to go in the first round. They wound up getting him in the second round. And I forget what happened to him, but he got hurt before the season even started and has never played. So that obviously hurt them. But no one person could turn around that offensive line. They have the worst offensive line in the NFL. Is that right? I don't know if we have a metric on that, but we,
2: they rank more favorably than you think, but it's still well below average. Oh, they're terrible.
1: If they rank more terribly uh, more favorably than I think, then we need to readjust the rankings <laughs> because they're terrible. And um that is a problem. they have a million problems there in Chicago. They got 99 problems but the quarterback ain't one. So, I agree with that. I think things will will completely get broken down and started up again around Justin Fields next year and see what he's able to do with it. Bubba, you got another one? Yeah, let's go to Austin. All right, Austin, you're on ESPN Radio. Where your grievance?
3: Listen, my grievance is with Frank Reich right now. He needs to put the ball into Jonathan Taylor's hands. I like Carson Wentz. I think he's played extremely well up until this point. But the best player on the football team isn't getting the ball enough, and he only got it one time in overtime. And Carson Wentz threw two late picks that ruined the Colts' chances of getting a huge division win at a crucial time, and I just think that Jonathan Taylor needs to
1: get the ball more. I like it, and Taylor's a stud, and Mm -hmm. he happens to be, by the way, on my fantasy team for whatever that's worth, so I pay... Some attention to him, and he has put up big numbers. How many did you have his touches this week? How many touches did he get?
2: Uh, stand by. He's got 121 on the season, which is about 100 fewer than Derrick Henry. And this past week, Carson Wentz threw it 51 times. So I think there's a leg to stand on that. Yeah,
1: and that's a game in which they were winning 14 nothing.
2: Yeah, they got away from it. Right? Yeah, they, you know,
1: you have to be balanced. Carson Wentz is going to giveth and taketh away. You have to minimize that. And for the most part, they have. Like, I think Reich is a good coach. And, and I... I, I, I Maybe I'm a fool. But I haven't given up on Carson Wentz, although this week shook me to my core. I mean, that, that, that was one of the worst plays I've ever seen. I, I was on with McAfee yesterday, and he and I were talking about it. And, like, I think that the first of those two interceptions, Orlovsky said the second one was worse. I thought the first one was one of the worst decisions I've ever seen a quarterback make. Who throws a left-handed jump ball from his own end zone in the fourth <laughs> quarter of a tie game? It was just it was unimaginably bad, right?
2: That's what it was. It, it was a high school play. That's what it was. Yeah.
1: Not even that. Like there are high school quarterbacks who were like, Whoa, "I can't believe he did that, that." No better. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's just insane, <laughs> hey, Bubba, You got one more or no? Yeah, let's go to uh, Salim. All right, Salim, go ahead. and Air your grievance, Salim. Go.
0: Hey, granny man, uh, love the show, man. I'm a big fan. My my grievance is actually with you. Oh. Um, I, I I've just I've just been uh I've been gotten. So many times I I just started to tune back in daily, and you got me so many times whenever you go into Bubba's past work experiences. I've, <laughs> I've been I've uh I, I believed you like the, probably the first week I tuned that I tuned back in, and and, and it's, it's it's really funny. But now I, I got to catch myself, like you just said uh, not too long ago. Yeah, Fool me once. <laughs>
4: same mm. on you.
0: <laughs> Fool me again. I've probably been fooled about four or five times. I don't know well, what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, Celine,
1: that's a, it's a, it's a I appreciate the call. Thank you very much for it. Um a lot of people think that we're kidding with that, but what you don't know, Bubba is an extremely accomplished person don't don't let his youthful disposition fool you he's 81 years old Mm, so i mean he's had multiple very successful forays into other lines of work and then in the end you know sort of later in his life he decided to chuck all of that and pursue his passion of radio production but that's it and how many days in a row now bubba have you been wearing the doc prescott jersey
0: uh today is 27 we're on day 27
1: 27 consecutive days of the jersey and no shaving Yep. And I don't see this stopping anytime soon. You have Denver and Atlanta the next two weeks. so And then you get Kansas City. So I could see this, this thing with Bubba, this is going to get up into the 40s in terms of the number of days in a row he's wearing that jersey. And I respect you for it, Bubs. I mean, you, got, you can't change it.
0: No, yeah. We're, we were talking uh, 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> it's highly unlikely. But could you imagine if the Cowboys win out and win the Super Bowl? I would theoretically have to continue to wear this jersey and not shave until next preseason.
3: Well, at some point, I can go to HR, right? If if this keeps happening? Sorry, you
1: can't. Because of the odor? Yeah. I mean, I just assume there's an aroma that is becoming problematic. Well, we'll figure all this out tomorrow. Enjoy the trade deadline. ESPN Radio.